Yes, people, this is a special edition of Echoes from the Void. And today we have got the one and only Hollywood Luke Smithard. So, people, sit back because this, oh my days, this is a great one. Enjoy. Okay, people, so, hey, you know sometimes there's an author who you, man, you like to follow, and every time they have something new drop, it's like, oh, shit, I cannot wait, and you will digest that new book ASAP, you know, well, I feel Luke Smithard is one of those authors, and it it definitely made... 2020, a not so bad year, because old Luke, he dropped two books, we got two books, right, the man with all the answers, man, so that came, which, I don't know, it it felt like, oh shit, it came out of the blue, which was great, and then we had The Empty Men, you know, the sequel to The Stone Man, again, something that was like, wait, what? Hold on, we we've got another entry to this thing, you know, like that. Oh my gosh, it was incredible when those emails came through because yeah, was not expecting it, wasn't expecting it. So it was a happy little thing, and then all of a sudden, same thing happened this year, which is like, ha ha, awesome, right? And I think. Mean, we we knew we were going to get a third Stone Man book. So it was a bit like, oh, is it that? But I remember at the end of that book, he was saying he was, you know, had a, 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 some other ideas, some other things. So you weren't quite sure. And it was like, oh, all right. So what's this new thing? Right. What is what is this new thing? You seem the monster. Huh. All right. Alright, I could I could be down for that. And uh people, I got into the book, right? So um the gist is this the sound hits guy in some low forgotten part of his psyche, a part of him that understands the truth about shadows, the part of him that knows the deep, dark truth behind fairy stories and myths. Guy is about to finish writing his breakthrough online article. He overheard the story by chance in a pub and it's guaranteed to go viral. All he needs to do is persuade the world's unluckiest man to talk to him. His best friend Larry's quest for killer killer clickbait material has led him to a recently appeared shantytown in Glasgow, where he finds some kind of urban voodoo cult. Ex-cop Sam has already come face to face with the terrifying force behind both these phenomena, but he's been trying to put it out of his mind. When Larry is killed in 
inexplicably gruesome circumstances, Guy knows he's also a target. The evidence of malevolent power is suddenly proliferating. But why now? Together, Sam and Guy enter a shadow world of ancient monsters and modern curses. In a battle to figure out the rules of the game and bring them to the light before it's far too late. <laughs> From the best-selling author of the Stone Man series, You See the Monster is for fans of contemporary horror. Yes. Fans of contemporary horror. Man, darkly inventive and chilling high concept fable for our times. And, uh, yeah. Now, listen, people. You might think to yourself, wait, a horror book? Hmm. I don't know. Because, you know, the others were like aliens and stuff like that. But remember, remember, people. If you've read any of Luke's other stuff, it's Luke Smithered, right? Now, when I say that, I, I, it's, it's not because I don't believe, um, you know, no one can do wrong, right? Because I think that is a, it's a silly mentality to have, right? And I think it, it leads you in a direction where you're gonna, you know, you're gonna get disappointed, right? Because... Everyone can stumble, everyone can, you know, put something out there that wasn't quite maybe your thing, right? But it's about, you know, thinking of what's been done in the past. And, you know, all those other books, they're all different, right? And they're all playing around with these genres that we, you know, probably love, right? But in a different way. You know, it's it's not the run of the mill. We're not, basically, people, we're not getting Highlander free here. And, like, if you haven't heard me talk about Highlander free, it's because Highlander free was basically Highlander 1, but just not, not as good. Oh, my gosh. So not good. Oh, it was infuriating. I think I use that word way too much. I need a new word instead of infuriating. Um, I don't know. I'll have to work on that one. But I, you know, it's probably still better than Highlander Two, which was. I don't even know what the fuck. Why the fuck am I talking about Highlander? Ah, this is kind of crazy, right? Anyway, what I'm saying is, like, he fucks around with genres, and it's done in a way that is interesting, and not the run of the mill, and. That's what we get with this. Like, we open up with a crazy situation in a, in a, in a cafe, right? So you're like, whoa, 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 what? Oh, my gosh. You know, and then we get another one, right? Then, then we're with um, Guy. And, you know, he's helping a homeless man and, uh, yeah, it just doesn't go well. Right, so we have these kind of little knocks on the door, as it were. The these little footsteps into this tippy toe, into this horror, into this thing, this you know, 
this possibility of monsters, right, so it's just like, huh, what is happening, and when, you know, we have Guy have this conversation with his friend Larry, you're just like, whoa, whoa, what, and the thing that's great, right, the thing that's great here is, because you know, it, 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 he does that thing, right, where he, he shows you something that we come across, right, something that we see in films and books and music and all of that jazz, right, the, this situation, but where oftentimes the reaction is something that you feel, wait, People don't do that. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's not how a normal person is gonna react to that, man. Like, w- what are we doing here? What's happening? No, what Luke gives us is this man, this logical thing. I mean, and logical in if <laughs> if you're told that uh, um, a monster is staying at your friend's house, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, you're just like, okay, what would happen if someone told you this shit? What, what are you gonna do? And you, those those questions are asked, right? It'd be like, whoa, 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 wait. So what you're telling me is, and there's no wait. That explanation means there's no way of me knowing. Come on, man. And it's done. Oh, my gosh. We are... We are really given this... Oh, man. This just interesting situation. This interesting situation that builds and builds and builds. But there's rules. There's rules that must be... Well, adhered to. Or just, you know, you need to be wary of. You know, because you don't want to fall into a trap. Right? And I have to say, right, I'm 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 reading and well, I'm listening, you know, because yeah, that's what I do. And once you've done a few smithered books, right, you, you understand that there are I maybe not so much misdirects. But we're not necessarily going to be going down this clearly breadcrumbed path, right? That a story is going to take some turns. You know, what we get is going to be something a little bit different. You know, so um, I'm just like, okay, I, I think I see it. I was like, oh, shit, I think I see it. And I've I've never, out of all the ones I've read, I've I've, I've never got it right, right? I've I've always kind of suspected something, but no, it's something completely different. But this time, this time, I thought I've got that sneaky son of a bitch. I'm like Coyote, um, you know, he finally won. He finally caught the Roadrunner. Boom! How you like me now? <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> I was so motherfucking wrong, and that was great. 
that was great because we are given this we're given this story that follows I feel it follows a, a natural progression. And when I say a natural progression, it's not the fact that, yes, it's easy to be like, well, obviously that happens next and that happens next. No, but the things that go down, you'd be like, well, yeah, that's totally plausible. I would understand why someone does that. You know? And the great thing, hey, we don't act like internet and mobile phones don't exist. You know what I mean? Like, hey, they're actually acknowledged and utilised. Boom. And, and when something can't be, there's a reason for it. Right? Which is just like, finally, someone is, you know, taking this shit seriously. They're not acting like... This shit doesn't happen. And it's not the, oh, and he forgot to charge his phone. Or, I don't know, suddenly the phones don't work. And you're just like, wait, what? Come on now. That, that's, that's a cop-out. What are you doing? No, 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 no. Everything that takes place, you can be like, oh, yes. I would have done, oh, I don't know if I, that, would, that sounds risky to me. I wouldn't have done that. Oh, man, oh, it's like, what? You'll be so, yeah, man, it's great. But as I said, look, we, we get to this point and I'm thinking, I know, I know what's going to happen. I know how this is going to unfold, right? And at the end, and they're going to think, and then all of a sudden, bam, bam, bam. No, completely wrong. I was completely wrong. And I love the fact. I love the fact. Because, you know. You don't want to read something and be able to be, oh, I can see through that. I can see through that like it's friggin' um, fuck. What's the thing that you can see through? Uh, cling film. Boom. Cling film. That works. Cling film works. Because I didn't want to say, uh, you know, a window because that's just like... You know what I mean? But yeah, you can see through it like it's cling film, people. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's not the story. You know, the, the, the way we are given this threat, you're like, oh, sh- I didn't see that coming. And you're like, right. And that explains why blah 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 happened because i'm kind of looking at it like well these are the rules were presented so obviously you know this could be this because it seemed like there was this big thing that was missed but no it wasn't missed and yet it's handled in a great way Uh, and there's all of these things that come up and you are in fraud you're in fraud as the other great thing Guy's a bit of an ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Guy's not the nicest of guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is, hey, it's always great. Like, there's always this, I do like a grey area. You know what I mean? I like a grey area in something. Because I think when someone's, like, just so good. Now, there's there's nothing wrong with that. I've enjoyed many a story where the, the lead character is, like... Very wholesome and helpful and blah blah blah. But I do like a story where, you know, the lead you know, a little dubious. 
you know, you kind of wonder where this person is going to go, but they do have a, a moral backbone, right, and when I say moral background, I'm not saying, you know, they will do the good thing, but, you know, what they do, you'll be like, yeah, yeah, no, I can see that, right, and they hold to this thing, they hold to this thing, right, and, yeah, guy's a bit of a shit, guy's a bit of a shit, always losing his temper, with people that are trying to help him, you just want to slap him and be like, yo, you son of a bitch, I'm helping you out, what the fuck are you doing here, you know what I mean, and, and so we, we, we see him reacting to these things, but then also, you do kind of think, okay, I get it, <laughs> you're in this situation, it's not a great situation, so I do understand, <laughs> I do understand why you might be a little bit snippy, you know what I mean, why you might be a little bit snippy, but yeah, he's a bit of an ass, and yeah, it's just seeing the way everyone reacts around him, and just the way this really unfolds, right, and it is smart, it, oh gosh, what was that film, ah, that, uh, man, I talked about it on Echo Chamber, ah, it was last year, the cleaning, the cleansing room, the cleansing, the cleansing room, not the cleansing room, the cleansing hour, I think it was, um, but it, it, it's kind of similar to that in, I mean, it's it's not the same, right? It, it doesn't follow the, yeah, the cleansing hour. I was right, the cleansing hour. Like, it, it doesn't follow, like, the, the same, you know, beats of that story. But I kind of thought, like, with that ending, the way that ends, right? And, and you're just like, oh, shit. It was... You know, it, it has got a kind of... Um, now, it doesn't end in that way at all. But I, what I mean is tonally, right? It, it's got that kind of vibe to it. Which, hey, I'm all about that, right? I'm all about that. Because even though this is a horror, it, it's not your... I wouldn't say it's your typical crazy-ass horror... Like, but it's uncomfortable. Fuck, it's uncomfortable. Like, the way some of this is broken down to you. Because you know, right, there's this this way with words. This way with descriptiveness that really kind of jumps out at you, right? I mean, if you just take that part at the beginning of this synopsis. The sound hits Guy in some low forgotten part of his psyche, a part of him that understands the truth about shadows, I mean, who the fuck writes like that, you know, there's not many people that can flow those sentences in that way, and that, that's the great thing here, and it's not like, oh, it's full of this, because that would just be a bit much, but every now and again, when you're breaking something down, you're describing this thing, this in golfing craziness that it, it is coming for guy right you get it given to us in this way that you're just like 
oh man, <laughs> that does not sound good. I mean, that doesn't sound great. Ah, I feel uncomfortable. And especially when the monsters are there, right? You're just like, ooh, <laughs> shit. Like, you, you kind of, you can picture it. You can picture this, ooh, this horrific kind of, you know, essence. This craziness that has now become part of his life. And, hey, that, that's awesome. Because it, it really, you know, the book flows. The book does flow. You know, there, there was no point here where I'm like, alright, can we get to a, or, it's dragging. Uh, I don't care about this character. God damn. I mean, everyone, everyone, you're just like, oh, and where do they go? Like, what happens to, you know, and, and even at the end, like, we, we get these, we get these elements that go down, and you're like, oh, shit, okay, all right, so, whoo, where's it going now? Yeah, you are just, you are on board to the end, people. So make sure, yeah, put that seatbelt on because this car does not have safety features. <laughs> there are no airbags to cushion your fall when it all crashes. So beware. Beware, people. But yes, this is the new book from Luke Smithered. And I gotta say, hey. It's a, it's a good one. We have got a good one here, people. The ball has not been dropped. Right? We, we've got another great story. Another great... And it's a story that I could definitely see. You know, this would make a great... You know, you could easily make this into a great film. Or um, a Netflix series, something like that. Yeah, you could definitely see that. But it's It's compelling. It is compelling, and you will be gripped to the end. So, if you have enjoyed any of the previous work, you know, if any of that has spoken to you, you will you will definitely dig this. You know, you will definitely dig this. And as always, people, you should check out the audible, the audible version of the piece. I mean, I guess Kindle is fine. You know, if you really like that sort of thing, but who the fuck can trust e-ink? You know what I mean? Just sounds a little dodgy, right? But do the audible because old Smithered reads the book and um, you know, hits you with that great cadence. So um yes, it is out now. Well, it dropped, you know, this week. Right, it, it, it dropped just the other day. So, hey, people, go check it out. And you will not, trust me, you will not be disappointed one bit. You see the monster. It's out now. Check it out. Oh, enjoy it, people. Because I know you will. 
Okay, so now we've got the, well, we've heard the review, so let's hear from the man himself, Mr. Luke Smithard. People, this truly is a great conversation. Okay, people, a little bit of a treat because today we have got, I like to think, the world-renowned Mr. Self-Deprecation himself, Luke Smithard. <laughs> no one's ever said that before. That, that's, that's, that's the first. Although you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> you're right. I am very humble. <laughs> Mr. Please buy my books, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> say it straight. Pleasure, pleasure to be here, Kevin. Pleasure to be here. Oh man, I'm, like honestly, right? There, there's a few authors whose stuff I have constantly pimped on my peoples, and you are one of those. Oh, thank you very um, much. Joe Combrey, because Joe Combrey is just—he writes some great shit, yo. Um, ben Aravovich. Because I really love the Rivers of London series. I've been meaning to have a look at that. I haven't, I haven't read any of those yet, but oh, I've heard good things. Really good. Really, yeah, really good stuff. And then yours. Like, I just, there's, I remember, I, for the life of me, I can't remember why, right? I, I think it was, um, and I mean, the Stone Man. Yeah, I was I, I just talking and I'd be like, and I can't believe, no, no the, the thing was like, <laughs> why I picked up the Stone Man. And I, I think Audible had it on the front page of the website yeah. Yeah. Um, when it came. And it just, yeah, I, I don't know if it was the cover art or if I read a bit of the blurb and I was just intrigued and I it's grabbed it. And then just straight away, I was like, it just hits you that it's something different. Big things about that book. It was it played with the whole genre a lot differently than other people kind of do when they mess in that sandbox. Well, I, th- I think something a lot of it just comes from sort of personal preference because I get a bit, I won't name any names, but there's certain big sort of sci-fi slash horror authors. I mean, I don't, I don't think I'm quite a sci-fi author or quite a, a horror author, I'm sort of that more speculative fiction, if you like, is, is the, mm. the better term. But they'll, they'll have these situations where, you know, the, the monsters or whatever's are, are coming out of the woodwork and these ordinary people, they're suddenly picking up guns and they're going off into yes. to battle. And it's just like, where are the, what I, you know, where are the people that are just useless where are the people that are just being selfish and mm. uh, and and out of fear you know and 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 the people that are more flawed and that's just i don't i read those books and i don't see people i know or, or, or recognize not that they're not believable or badly written or anything it's just that for me they're not ordinary enough and that's what interests me how how would the, the fellow next door actually react to these situations yeah, because I think that's the big thing, right? And and it's a gripe I have a lot of the times because you'll you'll see these things and everyone is suddenly selfless. And I'm just yeah. like, all right, out of all the people I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I on on 
two fingers, I can point out the motherfuckers that are going to act like that. Everyone else, they're going to be like, I would, but I hurt my back yesterday doing yoga. Yeah, just, so, uh, you know, I mean, someone else I'd could save the world. Save the day, but... But also, I mean, like, like Andy who's the main character in, in the, the Stone Man, he, he kind of gets there eventually, but when you first meet him, he's not quite, not quite an awful person, but he's just a, a, a little bit of an arsehole. And well, he does oh. that thing at the beginning when he goes and stays at his friend's house. Ah. And I was just like, because, you know, I'm, you're going along with him. And you're kind of like, yeah, no. I well, get that. well, hang on, Kevin. Kevin, we should say what he does. Just, oh, there's an early, yeah, well, I mean, it's not too much of a sport to say. At one point, no, talk, early on when there are um, all the things have been kicking off with the, the, the titular stone man, this this creature that's come from uh, places unknown uh he ends up having to stay at a uh, an acquaintance's house and while there he sleeps with the acquaintance's wife however <laughs> kevin it's interesting that you mention that because that scene is no longer in the book oh yeah i actually i can't quite remember which basically i thought i, I thought it was a, the, the whole point of that scene was to show that he was a bit of an arsehole yeah and uh, but then it was like he's actually it, it felt a bit gratuitous and a bit too much of an arsehole and i actually sent matt addis the excellent narrator of, of a few of my books mm. um uh, a new version of that chapter to record and that's and that's subsequently that's only in so you would have heard that a while ago but that actually, yeah, I actually yeah. took that out that was so after the th after the fact i kind of thought ah, that's a little bit much so that's gone uh, now the only time i've done that changed the book after uh release Ah, there's, yeah, I, well, there's so many things right there, because I want to get onto that old Mr. Addis, and then I also wanted to get onto that whole thing about when your stuff's out there, like, that whole thing of, I could change that, or, oh, oh there's, there's, that. I, you know what, I'm, I'm telling a lie, actually, I changed the, 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 the physics of the dead, which was my first book, it, uh, it, it's, the one one of my books that I always say to people, look, stick with it. Get get to get to the part two, the, the middle part, because mm. it picks up. And I went back and I added some more stuff in there just to pepper up that first act up a little bit. But so I forgot I did actually change that one. But <laughs> with all of my books, put it this way: when I, when I started working on the Stone Man sequel, um, Audible hooked me up with an editor, the excellent. Sam Boyce, who I work with on that book and who I work with on my new book, my new horror book, You See the Monster, available now. Or now. And it came out Monday. But my experience of working with an editor has been amazing. It's been a really great learning experience. And I'd love to go back. I think if I went back to my earlier books now, I'd probably cut at least 15% out of each of them just to you know, make it a bit slicker and a bit smoother. I'd love to do it, but... Uh, you know, it's got to move forward, you know, and don't, don't be looking backwards. But yeah, it's yeah. funny, I, all of my writing, all of my lessons learned, because it's I've started off self-publishing, you know, and all of my early books were all just sort of done and released. And I've had to kind of learn, learn all my lessons in public, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah. I put, put, and I've learned... I ignore because one star reviews, right? If, you, if someone leaves a one star review, I've never read a one star book in my life, right? Yeah. You know, because if someone leaves a one star review, they've, they've got to be in the book. But however, if someone leaves a three star review and they're sort of being a bit, well, I like this, but I didn't like that. And here was the problem. And where was this? 
I've learned so much from three star reviews. Yeah. J- just from just from saying, oh wait a second, right? Okay, this 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 person's got a point. Maybe I need to look at that. And if something comes up several times in different three star reviews from different people on different books, that's when you know, right? This is something to investigate. But because I've never had an editor until the last few years, I've had to learn by making very public mistakes. Mm, that is crazy. <laughs> I, 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 well, no, because I think oftentimes when we see authors like um, on the TV or in films, mm. right, you're always shown that someone who's got popular books, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're doing okay. I remember watching that show Castle, right? And yeah, yeah. he's buying bars and like doing all Don't have any of those, yeah. Poli- and you're like, how you got all this money, man? <laughs> like, you know, this is, they're not even talking about it like he's putting out like multiple books a year. So you're just like, no. how are you this rich? It doesn't make any sense, but you do. When I get there, I'll, when I get there, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> I'll be, too, I'll, be too, I'll be too big to let you know. I know. I'll, 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 I'll Luke, Luke, Luke. <laughs> hey, Who? Luke. Yeah, I'm busy doing an auction for the police. No, I think, I mean, it's now especially because I probably started out, I think it's about 10 years ago. And there's been about a, what, three year, there was about a three year gap between my, my previous book and, and the Snowman sequel for yeah. various reasons. And so then it's in that time, the self-publishing uh, market is, I mean, like back when Audible got in touch with me about, I was saying to a friend today, Audible, um, when they, they got in touch about producing the, the Stone Man book, I took about a year. All, all I had to do was pick a narrator, right? That's all I had really? to do. Yeah. And I tried to get Matt Addis at the time and he was busy. He was in a, a touring production of uh, a stage play version of, the, of War Horse. And he wasn't available, and I wasn't too sure about the others. And I was, and audiobooks weren't that much of a big deal. And eventually, when I so about a year later, I was like, "Oh yeah, is he available? Great, Matt, he's finally available. Use him." The idea of that now of audiobooks being something I hadn't even thought about, and this is probably what seven years ago, maybe something like that. That's how much the industry has changed. But now, the idea of self-publishing a book back then self-publishing a book and having it be a hit was very very difficult and there's a lot of luck involved now it's it's i think it's near impossible i used to really say to people like yeah self-publish go for it just do it now i'd be like be prepared to do a lot of marketing and even then don't i don't know i don't want to be negative but it's 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 really difficult now well, yeah, um, I, I probably I guess, wouldn't have started now. Yeah, I the, guess the so many that. people are trying to now. I think when you take away the barriers of entry, right, which it's great on one hand, you know what I mean? Because you have the legitimately talented people that, you know, struggled, found mm. it difficult to find an agent, found it difficult to get those meetings with publishers yeah. and all of that kind of thing so yeah. it opens things up for them but then you have those people that be like oh well yeah yeah <laughs> i mean my writing is great everyone's told me i write well. <laughs> I mean, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm, i mean, i sent my script to Zack snyder about what he should have done on justice league he hasn't replied to me yet but 
I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's fine if you just want to write something and get you. Listen, I'd never say to anybody, don't self-publish now. You know, go, why not go for it? Like you say, if you've gone down these other routes and there's no joy, then why the hell not? But, but self. Now, if you self-publish a book, unless it's an absolute monster hit, for example, um, Wool by Hugh Howey. Yes. Monster, monster indie self-published hit was able to get a, a book deal because it was so much of a hit. Whereas unless, like, for example, The Stone Man's a hit, but not on the level of uh, a wool, mm-hmm. you'd you be very unlikely to get a book deal for that because it's already been out, self-published, and a lot of publishers, they don't want to touch that. No. Unless because, it's been an app guaranteed hit. Yeah, because how can you then recoup if everyone has already read it like I, I will say this for uh, for Hugh Howie actually back when I think I'd just written The Stone Man and it hadn't really broken out yet and I'd, I'd finished reading Wool and I really enjoyed it and I wrote him an email just saying like, hey you know I'm self-publishing you know if you got any advice or any encouragement and he sent me back this really nice really considered email just genuinely encouraging and just sort of saying and I never forgot that it was just a, a class act Mr. Howie Oh, that's really, yeah, that's really nice. Because, yeah. I mean, you do notice a difference when people do that kind of thing and then there's the people that just don't. Well, the the, 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 the cool side of it is is that we now have the same agent. Oh. That's- <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's now like, oh, okay, that was just like, and I should I should write him back. i am always been tempted to write back and say, like, hey, hey, you know, we've got the same agent now, and I think, oh, does it look a bit twatty? Like, oh, okay, like, <laughs> Now I'm on your level. I'm no, really not. I'm really not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, we got some agent. Who should be? You know, but I don't know. I just, it, I, I think about doing it just to sort of say, I really appreciate it then, and mm. you, know, you know. So, uh, in fact, I, in fact, I think I, I did actually write him back a few years later just to say, hey, by the way, thanks, and he sent me just a nice like thank you back. But it was, it was a cool guy. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, think, I think though that shows that responding it's not a waste yeah. right because he gave you those kernels of information and you've mm. become yo this well well i mean this 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 is the thing because I've, I, he couldn't say look because he like like me he didn't really like for example with the stone man when i first released the stone man I'd, I'd made this cover for it, right? That was supposed to be like, you've seen the cover for To Kill a Mockingbird, which is just like the, the sort of really child's drawing of a bird. You ever seen that? Yeah. It's like a black yeah. cover with like a single like crayon drawing of a bird. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I wanted to do that kind of thing. And I look back at it now and it just looks like, terrible. It just <laughs> really, really bad. So then I went away and I, I came up with this more sort of artsy cover and I changed the layout of it and that was kind of okay. And then I changed it a third time and I changed it to the cover it has now, which is this, blue background with the, the silhouette of the, the stone man it says mm. a bit more what it is and 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 i also did like a bit of promotion for this website book Bob, and that was what changed everything that cover and it was funny when i met the guy from the chap from audible and we were talking about doing the sequel i said look i, I really want to keep the cover theme the same you know that sort of thing and he turned around and said oh no like i wouldn't dream of changing it it's, it's that cover that got my attention so it's funny this isn't to say like pat myself on the back for what a great cover designer because i'm not but it was it took a couple of goes messing around with it changing it a bit do you know what i mean um and it, I'm, it, it that matters it really does 
like you know and, and but my long-winded point being is other than switching the cover about if you said to me why was the stone man a hit i think it was a i think it's you know half decent book but also it was the, the the combination of the title the stone man it's quite a catchy ominous title and getting the cover right and just those three things came together and it, it went off and i've i can say this i've not i think i've written some very good books since then but in terms of capturing that lightning in a bottle not quite been able to do it again yet mm. and it's it's like okay now the view is is like yourself a lot of people will come to my work from through the stone man which is wonderful but it's also like okay when's when's the next one that's going to go one bigger than that you know what what's yeah. that what's that secret source it's hard to say and people email me now like they like they do to, to Howie. Not I'm not on his level, but they'll email and say, Hey, you know, you got any words for somebody self publishing it? And I just say, Look, you just gotta get it out there and keep it going because there is no magic formula. I wish I wish I knew what it was. <laughs> but you know. Well, yeah, I, I think sometimes it's it's just it is hitting that right moment, right? And mm. and what I kind of always try and do is you know, because I, I think it's, there's luck, right? There's people talk about luck, but then there's being ready to take advantage of those lucky moments. Yeah. Well, I, I, I can be there, but if you've been put, dragging your feet and being humming and ahhing all the time, it's going to pass you by. So you need, yeah. so when things come, you need to be like, all right, let's go. It's go time. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, I heard a great line in the day. Um, somebody was it was it's a podcast to listen to and it's about writing and they were saying about um, elements of success elements of various writers that you know what is it that they got there and somebody had said you know does does hard work you know can you hard work your way into success and they said look in an ideal world yeah but unfortunately it's not often the case you can work very hard and it won't quite, won't quite come about however you can um not hard work your way out of existing success yes which i think is 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 very important and i know they say like you know hard hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard but at the same time without that little bit of time in that little bit of luck you know it it, sometimes it won't get that yeah no so it reminds me of when um jay-z took over as the president of def jam and the first two people we signed was um, Rihanna. She went to Def Jam. And Tierra Marie, I believe it's Tierra Marie, she went to Rock, Rock Nation. Mm. And um, like Tierra Marie, she had a huge single. Um, I think it's like, um, uh, I think it's Guy, like, um, how your guy feels. I think that was the name of it. You're, you're saying like I'm I'm a, I'm a middle aged very white man. I, like I'm gonna know. Like you're saying, oh yeah, this. I'm like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You saying Thierry Henry? Yeah, I'm waiting for you to tune yeah, yeah. in and be like, won, yeah, it was produced by uh, yeah Thierry Henry won the World Cup in '98. And... Yeah, yeah, you're doing really well. <laughs> but, but yeah, she had this huge single, and like Rihanna had Umbrella. I believe that was on the first album. Yeah, but it was only really that off the first album. I think there was another one that was pretty cool. Yeah. But it, like the first album was not a like huge, huge hit. Mm. But the difference between the two was like Tia Marie was just like, you know what I mean? She was living it up. Tia Maria. 
No, not Tia Maria. No. <laughs> I'm being an arsehole, don't worry. <laughs> but yeah. Rihanna went straight to the studio. Yeah. She went straight to the studio, and I think her second album dropped, like, a year later or under a year later. Jeremy, we didn't get another album for, like, I think two, three years. Mm. And that was the thing. Rihanna just went in and worked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like, you know, but it's, it's also, it's also something like, like, for example, like Pink Floyd, a lot of this stuff, you know, written by Roger Waters, the bass player. This is the, this, this, this is the music I talk about. You're talking about, you know, <laughs> Pink Floyd. But, uh, but Roger Waters has released several solo albums, none of which have come close to any of the, the sales of Pink Floyd, written by the same guy. Mm. And, and there'll be an audience there that'll probably love it and they're a fan of his work. But because that brand isn't there, they're not getting over it, it, it it's something that it really fascinates me i don't like it's and it's quite unique to to music like, like oasis you know the huge band and another another culturally uh topical reference but like Noel gallagher's high flying birds they sell a lot of records but they're not selling oasis levels and it's all stuff written by the same guy yeah and it's, then it, um, liam's group that did nothing I don't know the first album didn't it? I thought it was number. I thought it was number one, wasn't it? No, yeah, but I mean, it, were. it wasn't as successful as Knowles. It was. Oh, it's, it's, it's compared to like the Oasis, the high points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hmm. yeah, hmm. and, and it's like when you look at um, Jack White, right? So White Stripes, oh, incredible, but they that that following didn't seem to follow across to the Raconteurs, who hmm. I really like the Raconteurs stuff, and then you had the other. Oh gosh. Dead Weather, right? So you had the Raconteurs, Dead Weather. I feel there was another group one he went to, and then he had. And then still not reaching those heights. Well, it's also it also depends. Like if you're if you're like switching or like for for example, the stuff I write's all fairly to a degree fairly dark, right? Yeah. And it's all in the element of the uh, the fantastical. I think there's only one book I've written that doesn't have anything kind of supernatural in it, which is Kill Someone, which is kind of a straight thriller um but like my my new book that you see the monster that's my first straight horror book mm. i mean it's, it's not like horror it, no it's, it's a horror book and i'm waiting to say it's, it's also a little bit it's not much of a gamble but it's a little bit of a gamble in that i don't know if my my audience is going to go for something that's as straight genre as that so far the feedback's been very good um but again, it's that thing of two people that read Luke Smithered books, do they want to read a horror book? You know? Um, but it was the story that I wanted to write. So there it is. So the, when you move around a bit with what you're producing, you risk your audience. True. Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny, right? Because you have that when... And you see it a lot with films, music, books, whatever. And people be like, oh, um, I didn't like the follow-up. It was just like so different. And then sometimes it'd be like, ah, well, the follow-up, it was a bit too much like the first one. So it's just like you yeah. sometimes get trapped to that thing of going too far away from what you've done or too close to what you've done. That was the thing when I wrote, because the, the Empty Men, uh, the the sequel to the stone man that's the mm. first sequel i've written and that but that's the other reason i didn't put a book out for like three years because it i was just terrified of screwing it up and wanted to get it right and i knew 
I wanted the, 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 the through lines from the first book to be consistent. And then when I was writing that, I realized, wait, this is actually going to be, there's going to be a third book. So then it'd be that thing of, okay, well, when this book goes out, every plot thread has to be watertight. So the third one's going to be okay. And it was very, 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 very stressful. Um, and again, that question of want it to be different from the first book, but I don't want it to be so far off base. It does, it's a very hard line to walk. I want it to be in the same, have the same feel and the same uh, vibe. I don't want it to be a retread. The way I, the way I planned it was if, but I, in my head, I wanted it to be bigger. So in my head, if the stone man was alien, the empty man is aliens. It, it, it's yeah. the, the same sort of world, but different and expanded. Uh, so for the most part, it seems that people, they went for it. Well, I think there's, the thing was, it, it, it's like, it starts differently, right? And, and so we're following this whole thing. And then you bring, and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know I mean? And then you think about, wait, had it? And then you're like, oh. <laughs> you just, you just. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know you're avoiding plot points, but that was like the worst description of a book ever. He did a thing, and then it's oh, and then he's done a oh, geez. <laughs> Thank you though. You didn't, you didn't. No spoilers. It's good. Nice. The funny thing is, there's a there's a couple of like twists in the book that I was really really excited about mm. readers seeing, and I put in the afterword like, but if you leave a review, please yeah. don't any spoilers. Yeah, yeah. And what was really great was nobody did. I was really really happy about that. But then it was like, did you like those twists? <laughs> I wanted to know, like, what do you think? But then I got slight emails of people saying, "Oh, you did." So that was that was that was that was nice. And and no, like I said, yeah. the, the feedback on the, it, it's always that when you put it out into the world. So far, you know, cross myself when I say it. I'm not even a religious man, but I do that anyway. Um, so far, I haven't. For the most part, I don't think I've put a book out yet where. My readers have gone, yeah, that's the one I don't like. Right. Yeah. And you always think, oh, is this the next one going to be? Is the next one going to be? You know, so like, like I say, with like You See the Monster, it was always the thing, oh, is this going to be? Are they going to they gonna like something this straight up scary? Is this is this going to be the thing? But it's always a relief when you see people coming back and they're like, yeah, yeah. Because it, it, mean, it means I have a sense of um, responsibility. If that doesn't sound too pompous, you know, just there's, there's a sense of like, there's a lot of people that have followed my stuff for a long time and they've been really supportive and they'll share it and they'll review it and it's really good. And I, I don't let those people down. You know, I, I it means it means a lot that they keep coming back and it's been hard and they've been it's been hard earned finding that audience in ten years. Yeah. Um, so you don't want to screw the pooch. Just because you know you didn't you didn't quite think through what you were writing, you know. Do you think that's beneficial though? Do you think that's beneficial to the success you've had? The fact that you've worked your ass off for it, because I think sometimes you see people who get something from maybe like being on a reality TV show or you know what I mean something like that where yeah, it's yeah. come quicker than it might for others you know and i'm not saying they didn't do any work whatsoever no, but it's come quicker but then you have the people that have just put in that time it, it reminds did you ever see the film hustle and flow 
No, I know of it, but I didn't see it. Okay, because like, so it's about like, um, you know, the, 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 like <sighs> trying to come up as an MC, right? And Got it. when you're in that world, I have been, there's, I used to do some work for like Def Jam and some other like little things back in the day. And so you were out every single night, right? And I used to go to those open mic sessions and you would see the same people over and over again. And they're working, like, and mm. the things. Some people, you don't understand, it's like these freestyle battles. You're like, ah, oh, well, I heard you do that one just the other night. So I ain't no freestyle, son. Ah, you know I mean? but, the recycle it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people recycled a lot. You know what I mean? But some people, you know, it's about taking a kernel of something and developing it. And you can yeah. see how some people work in some things. Hmm. But it's No, like, I, rem- I remember. I remember from my own freestyle rapping days, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're, you're so. out every night working. And I remember in Hustle and hmm. Flow, it was like this dude was just like, take my mixtape and expected to get put on by Ludacris, like straight away. Did and- you ever... Did you ever? Sorry, sorry, I'm interrupting. Right. Did, did did you ever like the people that were there every night? You know, there were people mm. you kept seeing. Did they ever make it? Did you ever go and say, you know what, you know, this this guy's got something, oh, or, yeah. or was well, it just like, oh, did they become part of the background? No, no, no. So Estelle, like I remember, like seeing Estelle a few times. She came to my, I put on a night, and Estelle came to that, and um, like you know, what I mean? like we, it's not like we were buddies. But we knew oh, no. each other to be You're like, hey, how are you doing kind of thing. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. And um, yeah, you know, she put out American Boy and a great album and everything like that. So yeah, she made it. There was a few others who I can't remember her name, but you would see people like Skinny Man out and um, a, a lot of other... Yeah, just my memory has turned to crap. Like, no, nah, don't worry. Yeah, there was, a, there was a few people that I did see you know, doing stuff. Mm. And, and you like, well, yeah, man, you put in the work. So that that's that's mm. great. But yeah, there, there's, there's people that want things straight away. And I think you see them when they get that success, when their thing does blow up, mm. they don't necessarily nurture it and try and grow it for the next thing. And it yeah. kind of, falls up and their success falls away but as i say with yourself because you worked your ass off for this thing you're then like thinking i i don't want to put something out that's half assed yeah. no exactly but also but what i what i when um like readers message me on, on facebook or send an email, an email whatever really means a big deal like it's great to see people engage and it's, it's just, it just lets you know that they're there and it means a lot the, the, but the flip side of that is, I, I, I really, I worry about making sure I've at least responded to a degree or, or clicked a, a like or something, or mm. you know, and especially if it's an email because someone's actually taking their time to write out and you know send it. Um, so I think about like you know, for example, if Hugh Howie's doing it with the amount of readers that he's got, then that's that's the the, the standard to to keep. You know that 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 it's you have a. I don't know. I, I don't know if you'd say you have an obligation, because there's always was that that Bob Dylan line of like, oh, is it um, 
just because you like my stuff doesn't mean I owe you anything or anything. But I don't think that, but I don't think that's true because these people, it's, it's, it's not, it's not like I was successful and then people turned up and the people that like me, you know, if, if I, if I go further in my career, a big part of that will be because of the people that supported me. Yeah. You know, now, and then the question becomes, well, they bought the book or the audio book or whatever, and they hopefully enjoyed it and supported you. Is that that transaction done then? You know, but I think for me anyway, there is a bit more than that. I, I, it's, I, I, in a good way, I take it very personally because I'm, geez, it sounds like I'm trying to pat myself on the back here, but no, I'm very, very grateful to them because I remember when I released my first book, Physics of the Dead, um, it didn't really do anything and I sort of forgot all about it and I, I was just years ago and I remember I was I went I crashed around at a mate's house just at random I thought if anybody's put a review up mm. on physics of the dead and I, and I checked it and there was this review from this chap because um, all the reviews were for, that were initially there were from people that I knew that had read it and oh yeah I liked it you know. and this was somebody whose Amazon name was, was um, Fish Toys I always remember this Fish Toys and it was like this really nice, well-written review and saying, I can't wait to read more of his stuff. And that was before I'd written any of the books, you know, mm. to this day, I've never seen a review from that guy on any of my other books. So either he read them and didn't know, or he doesn't know. And, but that review meant everything. It was that review that just made me go, all right, somebody might find it. And yeah. I remember being at that level of like, oh, geez, some, someone's left me a, a, a review. Like, it was a, such a huge deal. And then you get the the initial sort of the odd email here and there from someone just saying, oh, I love your stuff. It, listeners, if you, if there's any independent artist, be it a visual artist, music, books, whatever, and you like them, send them a message because I guarantee it'll, it'll mean everything. So, and I, I hope I never forget how how much of a a privilege or a blessing or whatever it is to be able to make a living doing something creative because it's mm. really hard to get there. I don't think I ever, I don't think I ever will. But like I say, you know, give me, give me a couple of years. Like Kevin, Kevin who? <laughs> Hollywood Smithers. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I'm going to put that out now as my, as my, uh, so I'm going to introduce myself. Hi, Hollywood Smithers. Piss off. <laughs> but don't, don't yeah. it's because the i think the interesting thing though with the um interaction with you know the the readers fans supporters mm. whatever you want to call them it can get interesting right because that last season of game of thrones and <laughs> you had people going redo the season like, yeah. we want new writers on it. We want this, we want that. And they were like, we're starting a petition. And it's a mm. bit like, okay, that's a yeah. little crazy. The one, the, I mean, the closest I've come has been with The Empty Man. There was the Snowman sequel. Like I say, the, the, for, the, for the most part, the response is overwhelmingly positive. It's really what I love to see with people saying like, I was worried this would like, you know, ruin the, and it, I don't know, it only makes it better. And that mm. really meant a lot. But there'd be the odd. It's, it's the only because it, it's the only time I've had when I do have like the few sort of negative reviews it's got. That was that that really bothered me because 
the only people that would be reading the sequel were people that had read the first book and liked it. Now, if I put a book out, like, you know, you see the monster just come out. If, if people don't like that, it's okay because, you know, I've, I've done it, and maybe they'll like the next one. No worries. But, you know, the thing about letting people down, mm. seeing a negative review on that book meant that somebody liked a book enough to buy the next one and then didn't like it, especially after such a, a long gap between them. And that was, ah, geez, I, I felt really bad about that. But you, you, know, you can't please everybody, and, and sequels. I've spoken to other people about this, and sequels are a bit of a unique beast in that people bring a lot of their own expectations to it. So it's impossible to to please everybody. But for the but you know, it's uh, I think it's like what's it got like with all the reviews it's got now, it's like four point five out of five still. So that's you know, a solid. That, that's a yeah. solid. That's a solid. Yeah, sequel. yeah, no, that, that's that's good. Well, when you were like going into the civilians. I didn't know there was going to be a sequel. I remember when I read the the, the Stone mm. Man, and I'm just like, "Yo, this is," and and you you left it at that point, and I did. I really like the ending because it's just like, "Oh man!" The open ended, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so you wonder, right? You'd be like, mm. "Oh, I wonder where this where this would have gone." This is interesting. Yeah. Well, and I- it ended on that note that it wasn't complete doom and gloom but it wasn't and we won you know what i mean it was just that that well it was de- it was designed it was deliberately set up so that that would be a, a finish but also I, I knew there'd be a, another book eventually so I'd always i've been kicking around ideas and, and even when i've even when i finished it i'm thinking like you know i had a uh, uh, i had like a a definitive ending for the first one that I ended up not using when I wrote it. And I thought, no, no, I like this one because it's a bit more open and, and we're able to kind of move on. And, and what, what I didn't tell people was when the sequel came out was that there would be a a third book. And I I didn't want to say, actually, there's going to be a fourth. Right. Mm -hmm. But I, but the, but what got me, I kept seeing in the reviews for the empty men, people saying, I can't wait for the final book in the trilogy, they kept, oh, so the final book, and I was like, right, well, I got it. Otherwise you're going to go into the third book expecting it to end and you, and, and, yeah. and, and you won't. So I'm so yeah. So I put in the afterwards, you see the monster, like there's going to be a third and then a, you know, a fourth old kind of finish that story mm. up. But that'd be, that'd be kind of cool. Cause I've not had a, a series of books before, you know, and, and that's that, 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 That'd be kind of nice. Uh, the idea of like you know of, of having a series of characters that can go back to. It might say it. It probably sounds silly to say because most authors, you know, they've got book series. But when when you've had readers for many years and they're only used to seeing your stuff in these single installments, to suddenly have a, a an actual ongoing series of novels, full novels, uh, that's it's different. It's a different experience. I hope so. And hopefully, a good one. Yeah, no, like, I think you just want good work, right? So however it's coming, Mm. you want stuff that is true to that author, right? Well, you've you've literally, sorry, Matt, I keep it, I'm terrible for interrupting people. I have an idea, my brain just goes. (laughs) Um, You you just finished, you see the monster, you finished the new one, right? Yes. So yeah, I mean, like, even though that's a a horror book, did that still feel like 
something from my yeah catalog that still it yeah, still had it, that it, it had your stink all over it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it, it didn't feel like it was a regurgitation of an idea and i think mm. that's always the the fun thing about your books they all feel very unique in what they are right it doesn't feel like i i mean Thanks, I man. thank it. you it felt a bit like you know yeah. um knives yeah. in my head which isn't the actual title for that. <laughs> Head full of knives. You're close. Yes, close. That, that's the one, right? It, it, knives it, in a, knives in my head is a better is a better it's a better title. That's good. <laughs> no, I, I tell you what it is. There, there was a book I read as a kid. Did you ever read um, Roald Dahl's uh, The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar? Right. It, it, it can't recommend it enough. Right. And there's a bit in the book because it's like a story within a story within a story. It's a fantastic story. Really, like. Never forgot it. One of my favorite ever reads. It really influenced me. Roald Dahl's, Roald Dahl and Stephen King, equally my two biggest influences by far. But there's a bit in the book where um, the, the main character, he can, he develops the ability to see through things, to see through objects, right? Yeah. And there's a bit in the book where it says, um, the, the author, the narrator kind of stops and says, um, if, if this was a, a made-up story, and not a true story, this is what would happen, right? Because thematically, this is what would need to happen. And then he goes into this scene where Henry Sugar stands in front of the mirror and sees, looks at his own body for the first time and sees a blood clot moving through his veins. And he dies, right? And he goes, and, and it's this really cool scene. And, he says, and then he says again, so again, if this was a made-up story, that's what would have happened. But this is a true story. It's obviously not, but, but this is a true story. So here's what really happened. And the story goes like that, off in this other direction. And it goes to this whole extra bit. And it's a fantastic ending. And I've never forgot that. And I, I always think of that. If ever I find myself going down the lines of, right, so there'll be this and that. And then I think, right, everyone's going to see that coming. We've seen that a million times. What, where else can we go that would be, you know? And it, that's, that's just always the way I've tried to do it. You know, I get, I get quite... People talk about, you know, certain structures. You see, you see. Um, have you ever heard of the the BS two, the Blake Snyder, Blake Snyder? Yeah, Blake Snyder movie structure. No. Very, very, very interesting. Because once, once you've seen it, it it's weird. Because it's one of those things where once you've seen it, it kind of it, it's. I mean, it spoils a lot of films for you. Actually, it spoils a lot of bad films anyway. But it's. But I think it's twenty. I think it's. Was it, 13 or 23 or something points in a film's structure that that films in quotes should have yeah and um there's always like the the halfway for example the halfway point is the false victory that's the point in which the the main character has appears to have achieved what they've set out to do yeah. and that's then followed shortly by the the first like the first defeat, I think it's called, where everything goes wrong, and then shortly after, by the even bigger defeat, leading oh, to the so I've the all is people talk about yeah, this, but not the all is lost moment and yeah, stuff. I yeah, I don't know the name. I don't think they've used the name Blake Snyder, but yeah, I've heard yeah. them break down. Yes, the the moments of a film, and this is these are the beats in which a, mm. a successful film should have, or this is these are the beats that you find in you know this sort of film. And and and, and well, I remember I went to see because I enjoyed um, Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocket Man. I saw them both sort of back to back. But if you watch those films. 
they all follow the exact they follow the exact same beats yeah. and you know like there's the point Freddie Mercury he goes away from the band he gets the wrong manager he loses all his friends then he has to go and he, then he and then you have the comeback and it, it it's always very tempting to kind of to use the all the hero's journey for example and while on one hand it might make for a satisfying story for me it it, it sanitizes things and I'd rather have a story that is there's a movie called um you see you've seen Blue Ruin no no it's a, a bang on about Blue Ruin a lot um it's by the you see Green Room yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's right it's, it's by the guy that made Green Room I think he did it before Green Room and I love Blue Ruin because you know what I was talking about this idea of like flawed weak characters and crazy situations it's very much that but there's a scene in that film where the, the main character is very he's, a, he's a, not a big fella he's quite anxious and small but he's committed a murder for like righteous reasons mm. and there are people coming to get him in in his i think he's in his home been a while since i've seen it and he sets up not traps and stuff but he's like there's a sequence where you see him setting things up for these people coming to get him you know there's like a i think he's got like a pickaxe or something and a shotgun set up and you know you, you don't know what he's going to do but you know he's got something set up right yeah. and they're coming to get him and then they approach from a bit of a different way than he expected or something kind of goes wrong and he ends up just fucking off he ends up just running away and none of the shit he set up happens nothing and i'm like that's great that's that mm. absolutely a lot it's, it's a and i can't recommend it strongly enough it's because it sounds like there's no drama in it and there, there really is it's a wonderful film but um and i preferred it to green room but just that that scene alone like that's real yes there's actually a similar bit in in green room where they're like the, the, the guy's going to come, we'll get him in here. And it, they just kind of screw it up and have to improvise, you know? And it's just, that to me is, I'm, I'm more interested in that. That's what I want to see. Yeah, no, that that's because, you know, I, I, I oftentimes I'm, I'm reading something or watching something and I'm just like, ah, you lost me there. You lost mm. me there because uh, that wouldn't happen. Like it would never go like that. You know, and, and a lot of times you have these stories and they have these mo and they want to be like, and this is the story of a real person. And you're just like, well, a real person wouldn't do that. You know, and, and you yeah, get to yeah. the end of something and someone's just like, okay, I can't, I can't run anymore. You go, I'll hold them off. Be like, no, he'd be like, wait for me. I need to get my fucking breath. And then you can help me over this wall. They're not like, you go and I'll hold them. Like the amount of people that are sacrificing themselves, there's gotta be a reason. And even if there's a re even if you're terminally ill, chances are you're not gonna be, leave me. I'm Don't get me wrong, I mean, I'm talking out of both sides of mouth a little bit because on one hand, I do sympathize that you, you sometimes have to, <sighs> It's a it's a fine line to walk between realism and engaging story. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. So, um, but I I mean, there's a um, there's a horror film called uh, Absentia that I I always I'm, I'm literally going through. It's it's funny. Like my <laughs> if any of my mates listen to this, they'll be they'll be rolling their eyes because this is all, this is this is the same That's stuff the I bang on about Blue Ruin Absentia, <laughs> but. But it's really understated, and it's all the stuff you don't see. In fact, you talk about horror films. If you want a, a movie, a horror film, where 
the main characters don't react in the way like they're in a horror film is uh, Oculus. Because there's this this haunted mirror that that um, has made the main character's brother do something awful when they were kids, and he, he's getting out of jail for the first time. And his sister, he's all traumatized because it's this horrible thing. And his sister's like, right, we're going to prove that this mirror is haunted and that you didn't do it, right? But to do that, we've got to engage with the haunted mirror, okay? And she's literally, it's great. She set up this anchor in the ceiling, right? Like a ship's anchor. Right. And she's got it on a timer. And she's talking into the video camera. She's explaining, because they're filming it, you know. She goes, we've got bottled water over here. We've got food that's like, that's like fruit over here and stuff. And so we're all set to, to, to go through this. This timer, if we don't reset it every 15 minutes, the anchor drops from the ceiling and will destroy the mirror. So when this mirror starts to, to fuck with us with our perceptions, because that's what the mirror does, yeah. it can't do it too much because we, you know, we won't set the anchor and it'll be destroyed. Mm. And she's got all these protocols in place to deal with this situation. I'm watching this film. I'm on the edge of my seat like, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's it. That's exactly what I'm talking about. That's what I want to see. Same with um, uh, His House on Netflix. Uh, you know, it, 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 if, if you see the monster, I'm, I keep pointing over there because it's with, uh, where the, I've got a copy of the book sitting over there. <laughs> but uh, with You See the Monster, what I was trying to do was make a horror film, a horror book rather, where it doesn't do that thing where the monster just kind of hints that, or the creature just hints that it's around mm. until the third act where all of a sudden it's exploding with power and it's like, well, yes. why would it wait that long? I want it to be like, what happens when by the end of the first act, there's definitely something supernatural going on. You know it, your friends know it. What are we going to do about it? And then you've got the, the next two acts to do something about it, right? Mm. That's what I tried to do. His house on Netflix does exactly the same thing, but I have to say, it does. It, I was kind of watching. It, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's really good. <laughs> that's what I was after." But I love, love, love best horror film I've seen in about five years because it it doesn't do that. It doesn't do that weird, pointless hinting thing. And even when it does, it kind of explains why. Or someone walks into the room, something weird's going on. Someone walks in and turns the light on, and then the monster. No, they turn the light on. It's still there. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm talking yeah, yeah, yeah. about. Sorry, you got me in my soapbox now. That's that's that's, that's. <laughs> no, but that that that's yeah, because that's the thing that always bugs me, right? When they yeah they do that thing and then it ends with a like a deuce machina as it were, and oh my gosh, oh, it's one of the most like look. I get the whole you know sometimes you need to give something a little nudge to get it in a direction, right? But I remember I read something the other day. Um, well, I said, I listened to something the other day and everyone was so dumb, right? <laughs> everyone was so dumb and no one is asking the questions or going, hold on, but what about this? And wait, we should do that. And it, like, I kind of think, yeah, you might have one person that acts in a certain way, but you can't have everyone doing exactly the same, like, it's like that Dawson Creek effect. Everyone's got the same frigging voice, and I'm just like. But there's, but there's also a school of thought with with horror films, especially where people say, "Oh, well, that's that's a that's a horror trope." You know, that's okay because it's a horror trope, yeah. and I can't st- not sound like I'm keep plugging the book, but 
I, I, I wanted to take some of the stuff that's in those films and flip it. Not in a kind of knowing, wink, wink, you know, Wes Craven scream kind of way, but just as in like, okay, if, if that trope was happening, here's how you'd really respond and how you'd deal with it. Yeah, the, you know, the, real, how. the real world type of thing. And, and that's what I enjoyed about the book, that, you know, you have that thing that happens and instead of everyone sitting around going, ah, what do we do? I don't know. You know, they're, they're just like, well, let's do this. I, and we have this and we can do this. It's like you 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 watch or read those things and they act like we don't have the internet or, you know, <laughs> the phones don't exist. And I'm just like, yeah. surely you would call some. Why, why is no one... Well, I, I read I, I read an article a while ago that was talking about how like that's why a lot of books now are being set in earlier eras because the internet yeah. really screws with a lot of things. <laughs> you know, I, I wrote this book, um, Jesus, what, twenty years ago, um, that I was kind of lost for a while. It only existed. I only existed. I had one copy that I printed out, and it was, oh, it was and, it, and it was covered in notes as well that I'd written in it. And I'm like, right, how do I do it? So I took it to a company. They scanned the whole thing. I ran it through, I can't remember the name of software. There was a little text identifying software. Mm. And where, I, where I'd put notes in the text, they'd, just, they'd be like zeros where the computer couldn't read it. But slowly I pieced this thing back together. And uh, that, that book is out now. It's called How to Be a Vigilante, a Diary. Oh. And yeah. yeah and, and, I enjoyed and, the shit out of that one. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you very much. But it's interesting to read that book. And it's, you can t- it's the very early days of the internet. Well, all the early days, you know what I mean? But it was still, very, we're still worlds apart from what we have now. Yeah. And just rereading it, it was interesting to be like, oh, yeah, this is actually of its time, you know. <laughs> well, Kevin, before I sign off, actually, I'm, I'm set about not plugging it, but actually, can I do a straight plug for You See the Monster? Can I yeah, uh, give the, 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 the I thought, yeah. yeah, basically, the setup of it is there's this chap, uh, Guy Roberts, who's a, he's like a, um, what would you call him? He's uh, like a, an internet content, or he's an SEO guy slash internet content creator just making sort of mental popcorn and he goes away on holiday and comes home to see his best friend Larry he's acting all terrified and weird and Larry asked to meet him in a bar and Larry confesses he says and Larry says that there's a monster living in his house and that it's eating his wife and not only that it can now look and act just like his wife so if anybody came to the house They'd just see his wife and uh, things then develop from there. Although anybody that's listened to this will perhaps <laughs> that kind of, you know, what is this, is this going to be real? Well, I've kind of explained <laughs> already what the situation is with that. But that's the initial setup. And then uh, things yeah, accelerate rapidly mm. from there. So yeah, available now, uh, Amazon and Audible. Although my voice is just, uh, I sound like a bloody creaky door today. So it mean, I narrate the audible version. I don't sound like this. I sound a little smoother, but but uh, not not quite as, as knackered as I sound today. <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take you to um, do the? Takes takes forever. It's funny. In 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 small doses, I actually quite enjoy narrating because um, my background was in like I used to um I did like a, a degree in theater at uni and I've worked as a singer guitarist for many years so it's a, I kind of miss 
of performing. So there's that element of it. But to record it, I mean, I think the, it's just like a 120,000-word book. I think the finished thing is about 14 or 15 hours, and then that's probably about 20 hours with all the screw-ups and stuff, sitting in front of the microphone and, and, and doing it, and your, your back starts to go. And, yeah, when, I wouldn't mind if I could just do like an hour a day over like a couple of months, but when you're like, right, I want this out in June – let's grind it out that that's you're sitting in a darkened room not seeing anybody but it gets a bit much but it's okay and and, and it's nice because once once it, it's done you end up with this really sort of polished nice thing and remember what i said earlier about making your mistakes in public or whatever i listened back to the first book i narrated um i had to go back to it the other day just to, to get an audio sample for something and i was actually quite shocked i mean your listeners will probably have noticed I talk way too fast so having to slow down for narration is doesn't come naturally to me but when I do I speak a lot more clearly you know and but even then hearing that first book I'm rattling through it and then to hear it compared to this latest one I think this is the best read I've done but again that's because self-publishing to audio for a while because I audible have done a few um I've had to the slightly lesser quality reads out that the audio is all great and everything, but I listen to myself back and I'm like, you ran that word together. You didn't, you didn't enunciate that correctly. But it's, it's never anything that jumps out. You know, because I think you do notice a badly read audio book or yeah. a book where you're just like, ah, oh, the voice, I can't, Oh, this yeah. is great. Well, what you get, one thing you do, I think one of the benefits, and it, it's, not, it's nice to see this in reviews, one of the benefits of the author narrating his own stuff is he knows how things are meant to sound. Mm. You know, although, 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 funnily enough, and you might find this interesting, Kevin, as someone who's read the book and not heard the audio version, uh, there's two, two main characters, guys, the main guy and Sam, who's this ex-detective chap. And in my head... Sam's quite um, not rough and ready, but he's, he's a little bit, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit of a, like a, you know, it's a, almost like a, a, a blue collar mentality, you know. And then when I went to do the audio, I realized that the voice I had in my head for uh, Guy would just be kind of my voice, the main character. And the voice I had in my head for Sam was actually, I realized it's a bit too close to his. So for the audio version, I read Sam as slightly posh. Yes. Which yeah. wasn't kind of what I really had in my head. And, and, and in, in a way, it kind of works for the book because he mentions about he's, he's like got a classical education and stuff. And, you know, he's, he's quite an intelligent, quite a well-read guy, you know. So makes, making him sound a little bit posh, it probably worked a bit better. But it's just one of those interesting things that kind of came out in the reading, you know. Yeah, so if you'd given that to a, someone else, they would have probably just have read it on the initial note yeah. and not made that adjustment. Well, the worst, the worst part is when I write characters and I write them with an accent and I forget about it and then I come to the audio book and I'm like, ah, shit. You know, like, like I think it was um, The Man With All The Answers. Yeah, The Man With All The Answers was this, this, this book I wrote and there's a character in it who's German and... I mean, I'm not bad with accents. I'm pretty good, but but having them recorded and doing them, you know, for your mates is, is you know, is a different thing. But my German accent is, I, I whenever I do a German accent, it sounds like slightly camp. 
right? <laughs> so for this German again, you know, I made sure because otherwise it'd be a little, yeah, we've got to, you know, go to the sauna and hang out, you know, and I realized you can't do it like that. So I just really made it a very, very, like he's a German guy that's lived in England for 30 years, you know, <laughs> that is, that, that, that's the way of doing it, you know. <laughs> and every time, so now I'm like, oh, I did one but where one character is supposed to have like a Chicago accent, which is like, I can just about do. I used to think I did a great American accent. Then I spent a lot of time in America and tried out Americans. <laughs> Strangely enough, the more time I saw, I used to do an American accent in America and America would be like, oh my God, this is really good. And then over time I'd do it and they'd be like, that doesn't sound like you're from anywhere. <laughs> so it's like the more time I spent in America, the worse it got. And I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. But I was doing this book with this character supposed to be from Chicago. And, you know, I don't know what a specifically Chicago, there will be one, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, so. Well, then it, it depends on what's, what part of Chicago. All oh, right, see, there you go. This you is, know what I mean? You have those kind of nuances. But that's I could, one thing I love to, it's like sometimes I, I do a Russian accent and people are like, ah, that doesn't, I'm like, well, actually, because the person <laughs> is from this yeah. part and they yeah. are out of this background. So fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I, 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 I recognize a Californian accent. I recognize like a, like a, like a Bronx, like a New York accent and I, I can spot Boston but reproducing it, you know, so now, so now I'm just going to try and remember that all my characters have to be from the Midlands, and, and <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> Kevin, it's been a real pleasure talking to you, mate. Uh, we'll have to do this again. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I really appreciate your time. When I got that um, message, I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, yeah, no. Yeah, sorry to Kevin, sorry to you. This is Kevin messaged me a while ago asking, like, you know, would you like to enjoy the book? Like to come on the show, and I, I, I kind of went, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And I just kept forgetting to do it. And then in the middle of like doing promo stuff this week, I was just putting something on Instagram. I was like, wait a second, the the custom the void guy mentioned and then drop your line, drop your line, and we uh, we hooked up. So sorry it took so long, mate. I apologize. Oh no, 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 it, that doesn't matter. I just appreciate the time. And yes, when you want to talk about book three or book four or just anything else, man, <laughs> you, know, you are always welcome. Thank you very much, man. Uh, horror fans, you see the monster available now. Uh, it, it, listen, and anyone that's ever read any of my stuff will know that I'm... <laughs> listen, we were talking about how hard it is to build an audience and stuff. And actually, I'll, I'll sign off with this, Kevin. The one thing I do say to people that email me about you know, possibly getting into self-publishing or whatever. I always say, you've got to be prepared to a degree to be pretty sh shameless. You've got to really park your ego at the door, you know, because you, you can't be frightened to say to people, look, please leave me a review. It helps yeah. spread the word, helps get things out there, you know, tell your friends to share it. And you've got to kind of, repeatedly say it as well because if you, if, you, if you don't you know so so yeah so uh, uh you see the ones here you know <laughs> and you just, uh, can no, you end this podcast we're just part of the book so at the very end we're like okay guys um so <laughs> yeah, like the book. here's the bit uh you know, listen uh, there's i think it's in the audio book of the stone man because I, rec I recorded like a special afterward in the studio i'm pretty sure i actually offered to, to suck off anybody that would leave me. Uh, 
now publicly. Yeah, I've yet to actually. No one's actually cashed that in yet, fortunately. So it'll be, uh, you know, I'm hoping they'll forget about it. But uh, but yeah, can we end this podcast with just like a loop of me saying, "Go and buy." You see the monster now on Amazon and or Audible or both, and then leave a review. Just put that on a loop for about ten minutes so people can fall asleep to it, and they wake oh. up the next day wondering why they're buying. Like, what, what am I doing? It goes in the subconscious. All, all links, um, social media, website. That will be. Yeah episode details so people go check out because there is a lot of books they're all very different and they're all very good so um yeah thank you very much mate appreciate it thank you mate kevin by the way actually and i'll I'll, mate by the way keep going with the podcast man i love that you do it i love that you put it out there good for you man it's great thank you man i appreciate that nice one dude thank you very much kevin cheers buddy thanks man cool we good we we, uh, Okay, people, so there you have it. How great was that, right? (laughs) Oh, my days. Hey, didn't even know it was going to happen the other day. So I am extremely grateful to Mrs. Smithard. Um, And people, if you haven't done it already, go check out that book. Because believe me, it is another great one. It's another great one, people. So, um, yes. I would say get it on Audible, you know what I mean? But um, I think there's the Kindle out there. Look, all the links are in the episode details. So make sure you go follow him. And, um, hey, you know what I mean? Just enhance your life and get some smithered into it. All right, people. Until next time, peace.